Hey guys, it's Marcelo Anastrozo here, the creator and one of the co-hosts of Radio 815. What is Radio 815? It's a podcast celebrating the life and the career of writer-director J.J. Abrams. And I just wanted to let you know that along with my co-host, Matt Crandall, new episodes are posted every Friday at 8.15. So if you love film and TV, and specifically talking about J.J. like we do, Come and join us, won't you? Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode six of Radio 815, the podcast dedicated to the works of J.J. Abrams. We are in the midst of felicity in our episode today we are going to be talking about our top five episodes of felicity season three the junior year as they refer to it um my name is matt crandall i am your co-host along with marcelo Inostroza, and we already talked about the premiere the christening which added you know a new theme song a new sort of feel for junior year and on our top five list, the very first episode I have that's also on your list, Marcelo, is episode three, Hello, I Must Be Going, written by Josh Reams, directed by Lou Antonio. And it's a standout episode of the series because it is Amy Jo Johnson's final episode as Julie in this season when she, when she decided New York was no longer for her after the summer she had. She had to pack up and leave without really saying goodbye except in the form of a documentary video note that closes out the episode in spectacular emotional fashion um watching amy joe's big final scene man she really brings the emotion and the heart and it just gets you no uh, the thing that i particularly loved about this episode is um in uh in um in the in the premiere episode of Felicity season three, Amy, uh, the character of um, oh my god, uh, the character the character that Amy Jo Johnson played, I, I can't remember. Yeah, Julie. Name. Thank you, Julie. It's hinted at it's hinted at that she um, had a interesting summer, but it's not really um, you know explained what what it was about her summer that was so, you know, earth-shattering and so interesting. And in this episode, we find out that what she's been telling everyone that um, when she had the opportunity to save her father, uh, you know, by giving him a life-saving liver transplant, she was a match, but the fact that she didn't actually end up going you know going through with it and giving her giving her uh, biological father uh, uh, a donation you know that really struck me and, and made me like going kind of what you could have actually saved your biological father but you didn't want to I'm mm-hmm. like I'm like I don't know if I could you know if, if I was in a position to help somebody that I love by giving them something that I can "Quote unquote," replace. I wouldn't like like, I wouldn't back out. You know, I would I would want to help somebody. But there are some people that, when 
you know, when they're faced with a situation like that, they kind of say, I'll do it. But when it comes down to it, they kind of chicken out, chicken, chicken out. So I really found it interesting that um, through, all throughout the episode, she's kind of um, going after Ben because Ben is actually dealing with uh, uh, trying, to, uh, trying to find his father because apparently his father um, has gone missing. Mm-hmm. So she kind of takes it upon herself to, to fix the broken relationship that Ben has with his father as an, as an effort to kind of make up, for, make up for her sins that she's committed or that she thinks that she's committed by not by not volunteering to save her biological father's life, and I just found that really interesting that she decided not to do that. Yeah, it's interesting how they reveal that, and the whole storyline with Ben and his father, played by the late great John Ritter, one of my favorite comedic actors of all time. Um, you know, a more a more dramatic role on Felicity when he showed up at the start of this season. Just so glad to see him again. Um, even though Ben's dad is not not a great guy. Um, but, you know, with Julie, we thought that she wasn't a match, and we find out that she was, and she's dealing with the guilt. But, as you said, if, if a loved one asked you for an organ like that, you know, it's a no-brainer, you just say yes. But Julie's biological father didn't even know she existed uh, a couple of weeks ago. Because when she met her mother, she found out that, like, she had never told him. So it's not actually, you know, I can understand why Julie would say no, because she technically doesn't owe these people anything because they gave her up and they weren't ready to have her be a part of their life until they needed something from her. Right. So there's kind of that that dilemma there, um, which makes this really interesting and then of course like i said julie's big final scene um also the other like b storyline is that uh molly finally arrives um to move in with the girls and noel finds out that natalie was going to get a large inheritance by being married to him and him and her sort of still struggle with their marriage and some ups and downs as well no i know i know i completely understand that julie doesn't by definition owe these people anything but i'm like dude if somebody asked me for something like that and i care for them a lot oh yeah i don't know i don't know how i could that's part of the way that they they wanted to really have some you know dark secret that she had to wrestle with on her own for a while to to get her off the show um just because you know in real life amy joe johnson's mother had died before she went to start filming Felicity and she never got a chance to grieve because she was so busy working. And then it just caught up with her and she said, you know what, I need to walk away as a person to survive. (laughs) I I can't keep working like this. I need to get out of New York where we're filming the show and, and stop this hustle and bustle. So they needed to find a way for it to be believable that Julie wouldn't be able to stay. But also, you know, it it was just an interesting choice but maybe not like the the easy choice to have it be that, you know, she could have saved her dad and she didn't uh, because she just, it didn't feel right. Right. Also, the thing that is very prevalent in this episode is that we see the start of Ben's frustration sort of, sort of 
start to boil. I mean, throughout the throughout this particular season, it's really an interesting little plot line that is sprinkled uh, sprinkled throughout the season that Ben doesn't really have a quote unquote plan. Right. Like at one point in the season, a, a character asks him, "What's your plan?" This character puts him on the spot, and he can't. He doesn't physically come up with anything, to the point where he, you know, runs off. And yeah. you know, and that, and and that also leads to him making questionable, ridiculous decisions with someone else later mm-hmm. on in the season, which right. drove me nuts because <laughs> I'm like Benjamin. Really? Again? This? This? Again? We do Especially because for, for most of this season, you know, this isn't a, a will they, won't they, or a love triangle season at all. It's Felicity and Ben are together, but then they have, you know, some bumps in the road as, as stuff happens. Mm-hmm. So so I, I particularly like the fact that in this episode, we saw the beginning of, uh, of Ben bubbling up there and, and, and the beginning of his... Uh, him uh, sort of questioning uh, where he's going to go from here. Also, uh, the very last scene with Julie actually taping her goodbye and having the whole group see it at the very end. Yeah, I really, I I almost cried during that speech. You know, and I've I've seen that particular speech a thousand times, and and the way that Amy Jo Johnson delivered it, and uh, particularly what she says at the end. She goes. Uh, you know, I'll see you when I see you. Mm-hmm. I actually, um, you know, as as most of you know, I'm a I'm a YouTuber, and my classic sign off of all my YouTube videos, I say I'll see you know, you know, yeah. I, I say I'll see you when I see you, and I don't know, I I could I couldn't remember where I took that from, but after watching that episode <laughs> again and choosing this episode, I'm like, I took it from Julie. Yeah. You know, so I I I I, I found it. To be so sad and so um, so just tear jerking, and the fact that the thing that made it so sad about for me was the fact that Julie was uh, Felicity's first real friend in college, and to see her go away kind of kind of left a hole in the show. You know, I I like Elena, but Elena's not. Not it's a different dynamic. It's a different dynamic between Elena and Felicity than it was Elena and Julie. Yeah. And even you know, with Julie leaving, they tried to sort of plug Molly in as this other girl, and it doesn't work. <laughs> no, like I mean, it doesn't. It doesn't fill that gap. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, Molly was Molly. Molly did serve a story purpose in the show that which we'll talk about. Yeah, we'll touch on as we get to those episodes in a couple minutes. But, um, but I never. But the the thing is, I never felt the 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 friendship between Elena and Felicity the same way that I felt the friendship between um, Felicity and Julie. I thought yeah. that the Julie and Felicity relationship had something special to it, since she was the one she was the she was the character that was there on day one, mm-hmm. right? And 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 not having her as a part of the show right now, as a part of the show moving forward. It's just really sad to me. Yeah. And, you know, like you said, that final tape almost gets you almost gets you crying. And uh, I do like that they just let it be, you know, a one-take documentary style so it's real, it's heartfelt. It's not like a bunch of fancy editing to try and manipulate our emotions. It's just uh, Julie saying her farewells in a really nice fashion. 
Next episode on my list is episode six, One Ball, Two Strikes, written by the man himself, J.J. Abrams, directed by Tony Bill. Um, and this one is a really good balance of stuff that is funny and humorous and stuff that is super serious um, because the main, the, the title comes from, this is the one where Sean uh, goes to the doctor and he finds out that his condition with his testicles is much more serious than at first glance and that he's going to have to have one ball removed. They're going to have to watch to see if cancer has spread. Um, and he goes about it by being in denial and telling everybody that he's fine and that it was a mix-up. And then he realizes the seriousness of the whole thing and has to undergo the operation, even though he's reluctant and doesn't want to, because you got to put your health first. Even if it's scary, you got to do it. Um, the funny stuff in this partly comes from uh, right off the top of the episode. There's some good humor where Noel is talking to Javier to say like I got this friend and I'm pretty sure he's gay but like how do I ask him and how do I make him feel comfortable and Javier is like are you talking about Richard you're talking about Richard right you're talking about Richard and then uh you know Noel does make it really awkward and confront Richard and he just finds out that Richard is not gay but Richard's a virgin and he's very embarrassed that he has not even kissed a girl uh and a hilarious scene where Noel is trying to write an email to Richard apologizing um is really good and this one also is where Tyra Banks is introduced because uh, Noel goes to go fix her computer during the episode. Um, the other serious stuff, other than the, the Sean arc, which, you know, is really good, is that the fallout of Felicity's Wild Night continues and she begs Randy to go talk to Ben um, to let him know that nothing happened between them and Ben beats the living hell out of the guy Um and it's very frustrating to see, you know, the situation that Ben and Felicity find themselves in. And then the way that Ben reacts to that situation is very frustrating. And just the way that the episode flows between the lighthearted and the serious and the life affirming stuff. Um, really well done way to tackle, you know, the, the seriousness of health issues with Sean um, but still have, you know, Noel up to a few hijinks on the side. The storyline that I connected to the most in this episode would be that storyline of uh, Sean's. Having, seeing him uh, be in denial about his testicle cancer. Excuse me, I'm trying not to laugh, but I'm dumb, I'm not mature. His right. testicle cancer. Um, that really rang home to me because... I had a family member have a serious health issue uh, mm -hmm. a while back, and they didn't address it. And because they didn't address it, they were uh, they were at uh, they were at, they were at uh, my house one evening for dinner, and their appendix burst before dinner. Oh no! So we had to rush them to the hospital to be saved. I mean, uh, I took them to the hospital, and the the doctor said after the surgery that if you didn't take your if, if you didn't take this specific family member to the hospital, they would have died. Wow. So I'm, you know, so seeing seeing uh, Sean not want to confront the fact that he has cancer where no where no man wants to have cancer mm -hmm. really frustrated me and really brought back that memory of me 
begging that specific family member to go to the hospital and physically having to drag them to the hospital once they passed out. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> um, yeah. And, you know, uh, you know, um, as far as the the uh, Felicity continuing with her bad night thing, I am really critical of Ben throughout this entire series. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to Felicity and the mistakes that she makes during the series, I am a little bit more forgiving to Felicity and her bumps in the road. Yep. Because Felicity, to me, is a little bit more... Well, I'm not saying that Ben isn't, but Felicity, was to me, is a little bit more straight-laced and a little bit more honest. Yep. So when she makes mistakes... I'm I am more I'm more uh, uh, forgiving and I and I'm and, and and I'm more kind to her. With Ben, he just pisses me off. Right. The, the, the fact that he has this beautiful girl with himself and he keeps he keeps finding ways to mess it up. It's just really frustrating to me. Um, all all that stuff with Noel and Richard I thought was great. Although I didn't think for one second Rich, uh, Richard was 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 gay, I, I, I didn't I didn't buy that for a second. But seeing Noel talking to Javier and trying to figure out if he was gay or not was just yeah. hilarious. Yeah, it's a really right. really funny scene. And uh, yeah, it I am more critical of Ben. You know where Ben beats the heck out of the guy. Even though having Felicity ask that guy to go talk to Ben is a bad idea from the start. But you know we. We are a bit more forgiving to her, you know, dumb ideas. <laughs> uh, next on my list is episode nine, James and the Giant Piece, written by Josh Reams, directed by Harry Weiner. And this is the one where basically uh, the title comes from Molly's boyfriend, James, has got a gun. And Molly is in a bad spot. She is struggling with addiction, doing hard drugs. James, her boyfriend, is a dealer. He's a bad influence. And Ben and Felicity realize they kind of got to cut this off at the pass because Molly's boyfriend is making Molly's situation way worse. Um, And they struggle with how do you tell someone and is it right to tell someone, especially because a lot of the inside info Ben has is from their anonymous meetings, which are supposed to be anonymous. So... You know, he kind of breaks Molly's trust by telling Felicity what's going on. And then the other big storyline in this episode is that Elena's affair with Professor McGrath comes out and there's an investigation where they need to know, you know, did she trade sex for grades and was she coerced and all that kind of stuff. So it's mostly heavy. Um, There is a little bit of a lighthearted Noel and Felicity through line where they come up with loser pet store for the first time, uh, during this episode, which of course then snowballs later. Um, but I did like the drama, even though I don't really love Molly as a character. Um, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I kind of find Sarah Jane Potts a little bit annoying, uh, as an actress in this show. Um, but that, you know, seeing a friend on a downward spiral and knowing that it's one person who's kind of, helping them spiral is one of those real life things where like, how do you intervene? Is it right to intervene? You know, what, what do you do? And Felicity and Ben struggling with that throughout this episode felt very real and was something that I think a lot of people deal with. 
for this episode, um, like you, I don't I don't particularly find the character of Molly that interesting to be honest. Like like I I understand that the reason that she was primarily brought in was to replace the big giant Julie hole mm-hmm. that um, that was left by Amy Jo Johnson, but I did identify with her uh, with her issue because I um one of my one of my best friends uh, some you know about five or six years ago was was uh, recovering from uh, being addicted to heroin uh, being addicted to heroin uh-huh. and watching her go through that gave me uh, flashback nightmares of me being panicked at two o'clock in the morning when I would get phone calls from him he would call me and he would uh, you know ask me to talk him out of shooting up so wow. I, you know i would I, w- I would get calls like that and the other thing is that he would come over sometimes yeah. and he wouldn't offer me drugs because he knew that wasn't my thing but he would say stuff like in case i fall asleep and i'm and i'm like and i'm you know i'm convulsing you need to do this and you need to do that i'm like dude just stay here with me and nothing is going to happen. I mean, you don't have no drugs on you now. Nothing's going to happen. Mm. So just just watching her deal with that and seeing her being in an abusive relationship was very, very powerful for me because I had that real-life experience mm-hmm. uh, with uh, my best friend. And um, I did like the overall seriousness that this episode um um, that this episode had both both with the Molly stuff and with the Elena stuff, mm-hmm. and I kind of I kind of like the fact that Elena didn't really have that much evilness, to, you know, e- evil things to say about her affair with Doctor McGrath. It, it it seemed like to me that the person doing the investigation was fishing, and she was just looking for something to get Doctor McGrath fired, although what he did wasn't right, but. I like the way that Elena comport, you know, comported herself, mm-hmm. pr- presented herself to the investigation. The fact that she didn't give the person who was running the uh, investigation anything. She handles herself really well because she's not even sure if, you know, she has been taken advantage of or not. Right. So that's that's the main thing that, and a lot of people who have been in situations where they have been, you know, taken advantage of by someone in a position of power. Half the time they question whether that is what happened or not. So I thought that that really rang true that Elena wasn't out for blood because she's not even sure, you know, that she didn't bring it on. Um, Even though by the end of the episode, it's pretty clear that, you know, this guy's kind of a creep. But that felt realistic to me. Again, I just like the serious tone that uh, most of this episode had. And I thought that it was uh, a joy to watch. Yeah. And then the only other I can't not talk about it uh one of the c storylines is that megan runs into earl played by kevin wiseman from alias um who tells her that she's boring now his former friend megan and so she wants to spice things up and she tries to get sean to go out with her to a kink club and he doesn't want to go and then she realizes that there's nothing wrong with their boring life and she enjoys it and she comes back to see sean and he's not home and then he arrives home decked out in gimpy bondage gear with assless chaps. And uh, 
because he was trying to, you know, win her over and do what she wanted. And so their relationship is fine. But Greg Grunberg wearing a pair of assless chaps uh, has to be has to be mentioned because yeah. it's not every day that something that extreme happens on Felicity. No, that that was uh, to me. I mean, I love Greg Grunberg. I, I do. I really do. But that was terrifying. I was like, really? yeah, yeah, I, was like I don't I don't I don't need to see that. It was uh, it was very much like a a grease moment. Where, you know, in the finale of Grease, Sandy turns into, like, wearing leather and all this stuff that seems totally out of character just to impress John Travolta. And this is just like that where, you know, Sean would never, never do this of his own accord, but he's doing it to impress Megan. So that was pretty funny. Uh, the next episode is one of your picks. It's episode 11, and to all a good night, written by Jennifer Levin and Josh Reams, directed by Stephen Gyllenhaal. Uh, Marcella, what do you like about this episode? The thing that I particularly love about um, uh, this episode is um, the um, you know you know throughout all throughout um, throughout the course of this episode, it's just it's just very very apparent that um, that Felicity and Ben are in a um, in a in a awful place in their relationship. And it's really heartbreaking watching them try and uh, uh, figure out what's wrong with their relationship, whether it's Ben or Felicity. And I also like the fact that this episode has Felicity's mom coming back into the picture. Yeah. And, you know, you know, uh, specifically when Felicity's mom shows up for the first time and and Ben basically is starting to kill someone when she walks in. Yeah. Is 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 sort of, is sort of like oh my god this was like the worst time to show up, but I I did like the fact that, in this episode, um, Felicity's mom questions Ben about his life choices and what he wants to do with his life, and the fact that Ben as a result of that feels the need to justify his love for Felicity, is really great. But also, but but also, seeing him get continuously, um, get continuously, you know, beaten down by life, uh, you know, uh, both by him having to help Sean out with Chris with Christmas trees, yeah, and not having his and not having the car that they need work, uh, when when it needs to work, and then uh, him having to move the Christmas trees once Megan calls the fire department on Sean, right? I just <laughs> I just love the fact that I just love watching Ben spiral in this episode and get more and more frustrated. Yeah. To the, to the point where he does something really st stupid. I mean, he doesn't, he doesn't do it in this episode, but it's hinted at, you know, oh, no, no, okay, I jumped the gun. To the point where he, later on in this season, does something really dumb. Right. And does something kind of unforgivable to me because I'm like, Again, you could do this again. Yeah. Really? I thought we were gonna <laughs> pass, pass this one. Right. But I did. But I did love that scene. If I could go back to here, if I could go back to it for a moment here, I did love the scene where Ben sort of says that Felicity means the world to him, and he says that because of Felicity, he sees a different side of himself, and mm -hmm. he strives to do better because of her. Um. I just, I just love that. Uh, uh the way that. That scene was written in the way that it was played by um, by Ben there. 
Yeah, I think you know there was some really good acting in that one. Um, they let Speedman kind of do his thing, and uh, really powerful work for sure. Oh, and I did. Oh, I I have to uh, um, I have to mention something. The end of this episode is terrifying. Um, yeah, I mean, to, I mean, you know, you have all your main characters, and then you have the 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 stupid druggy boyfriend coming in and, and shoot someone. Right. Uh, it was it was it was really something different for Felicity, and I don't. I'm not saying that it didn't work. But I kind of, I kind of read it. I kind of read it just as them jumping the shark just a little bit. I I agree that it does feel like them jumping the shark a bit to have James come in and you know shots shots are fired. Um, I think that the the real reason that they did something that splashy is that this episode was the fall finale, and. Unlike normal, where uh, a regular season of Felicity had, you know, 22 episodes and they would leave in December and come back January or February, they were off the air until mid-April. And this was the last episode before they came back. So they literally had a five-month gap and they needed people to, you know, really want to tune in to see, you know, what had happened. So that's kind of like the big flashy crazy thing that they did to try and bridge that five months to leave you in suspense to, to tune back in. Mm-hmm. No, I, I, you know, you know, I, I completely understand that. But the, the, the thing is, uh, I love Felicity at best when it, when it goes over big issues like, um, uh, like, like rape and, and, and things like that. But I felt that they just went a little bit, almost too far with, right. with with the whole with the whole uh with the whole you know guy come in with the gun and and, and basically wanting to shoot out the place i i get it i understand why they did it in 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 hindsight but i didn't necessarily uh agree with it per se yeah if that makes any sense totally does <laughs> uh so next episode which is an episode that's on both your and my list is episode 13, Blackout, written by Josh Reams, directed by Barnett Kelman. Um, and this is the one where everybody's kind of hanging out and the power goes out and Megan has been visited by uh, a girlfriend of hers who is getting married, but also is literally a girlfriend of Megan's that her and Megan had hooked up at one time um, and sort of the awkwardness of, you know, are there still feelings there? Um, should the friend go through with the marriage? Uh, even though Megan is, you know, perfectly happy with Sean at the moment, they play that for a lot of the drama. And then Avery, Ben, and Noel have like a lot of stuff going on as well during this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, up front, I'm going to say, as you guys know, I love episodes having to do with all our main cast in one spot. And I love episodes having to deal with characters in one uh, uh, enclosed uh, spot. So I really love the fact that in this episode, it really funnels our characters in one primary spot and it really forces them to deal with uh, the things that they've been dealing with up to this point. I did love the inclusion of uh, ex-girlfriend of Megan's and the fact that she is actually the, the person that's interested in Sean's film. I thought... 
right. I thought, um, brought another wrinkle to it that, that uh, I didn't expect, per se, the first time I saw this episode. Also, yeah. the Avery thing. I, you know, I, I get why Avery is so addicted to Ben, and I get it. I understand it. I get it, but I don't like it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't like Avery. Neither do I. I, I feel like <laughs> such a dick. For not liking Avery, but I'm 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 so I'm so fixed. I mean, I've been fixed and I am fixed on Felicity and Ben, and I'm invested at this point. Yeah, oh, hell, I've always been invested. So right. anytime that anytime that some that that Ben does something humongously stupid, really ticks me off. Uh, which which is why I kind of felt bad for this Avery character because she didn't stand a chance. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you know, and the fact that Ben can't. Uh, somewhat control his relationship with Avery and the fact that he can't tell her, listen, I understand why you're here and I appreciate all that, but I can't be here the way you want me to be here because I have a girlfriend in Felicity. And it kills me the fact that he couldn't do that. And I don't understand why. I don't understand why he couldn't just find the confidence in himself to be happy with what he had. But, but... You yep. said it. You said it in an earlier episode. You said that Ben, every time something goes right for Ben, Ben panics, right? And he starts to screw it up. So I, you know, you know, I just, I'm just thinking that maybe this is a part of his character makeup that he can't get over, and he doesn't get over until the end of this, until the end of the series. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even you know, even then he's dealing with some baggage that Felicity has to forgive him for again. Right. Um, but I'm like, yeah, I just. I just love the fact that this episode was contained, and I love the fact that the power went out. Also, a funny little side gag is that um, Elena is dealing with uh, relationship drama uh, with her and Tracy. The fact that um, Tracy is having a problem with their relationship now because Elena convinced him to to lose his virginity to her, and the fact that he's having problems dealing with that because he's very spiritual because he's a very spiritual person. Yeah. Pisses me off too because I hate people. Well, I will I do I'm not, I'm not going to say that. I don't like when people leave other people because of their you know, because of God or whatever. Because I'm not I'm not a very religious person. Mm-hmm. So I I don't particularly like when people do that. So that's why I kind of don't like um Elena's boyfriend that she ends up with in the end, I, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't necessarily like his decision, but I did like the fact that she's actually on there online trying to figure out what kind of sexy lingerie to wear, and, and Richard actually <laughs> uh, makes a move on her, and she smacks him in the face. Right, which was hilarious. Um, yeah, you know, and, and um, I I do like Megan actually having to deal with a ex girlfriend and and seeing their relationship and seeing their past come up a little bit and see her finally come to the realization that she loves Sean, even though that they break up like every week. Right. They do. But, but that's part of their charm. And I did, I liked that too. Now I don't necessarily love the actress who played Megan's past girlfriend. I thought she looked way older than like she was supposed to be playing, which usually they do a pretty good job with casting people who look like the right age, but I felt she just felt out of place and then, like you mentioned, the Avery stuff is very frustrating. Especially, you know, we see Noel kind of bow out and say, like, this isn't working because he knows that something else is going on. 
but then it it's kind of annoying because you're like, well, if Noel, you know, tells her like we're not a thing, and I can tell that like you we shouldn't be a thing, is almost opening the door more for her to pursue Ben, which is like a piss a piss off that Noel would do that in that moment. Um, but I I do like that for most of this episode, everybody is together in the same spot, and there's nothing more frustrating than being a guy like Sean, where you've got your movie that you're trying to get people to watch and nobody's paying attention and everybody's just doing their other stuff. Um, Cause I've been there before, man, where you're like, okay, everybody at this party, like the whole point of the party was to screen this movie. We just finished making and we're going to now watch this 20 minute short film and nobody will shut up and everybody's just walking around doing stuff. And you're like, damn it. Watch <laughs> the film. Hey dude. Hey, dude. Um, hey, hey, if you ever send me a movie or, or if you ever do a digital screening, I'll be paying attention to it. <laughs> yeah. So that rang true big time for me. And I thought that that was really uh, it was funny that, you know, Megan's past girlfriend was the only one who was kind of paying attention to it, which was was comical. Mm-hmm. No. And, you know, I, I, I don't know. I love I, I love um, again. I'm going to say this one more time. I love. Uh, pieces that put characters in one contained spot and force them to deal with their issues. And that's mm. why I really enjoyed this episode a lot. Yeah. Uh, next episode on the list is one of your picks. It is episode 14, The Breakup Kit, written by Terry Treas, Michael Zand, and directed by Harry Weiner. Uh, Marcella, what do you like about this one? Yeah, no, the thing, the thing that I love about this episode um, is the fact that this is where most of my sort of my vigorous hate for Ben came from in this <laughs> in, in, in this season. Yep. I acknowledge that it's fun to see him try and find himself this season, but the way that he continuously treats Felicity just drives me up a goddamn wall. The yeah. fact that, again, I'm sorry, the fact that, I'm sorry I keep harping on this, but the fact that he doesn't, um, can't, he just keeps making dumb decisions. Like the fact that he ends up going to the Hamptons with, with, with Avery and then actually Felicity having to chase him there and per- proclaim her love for him there. And then to watch him sort of watch him take another step back just drives me nuts. Ben on a weekend getaway and Felicity coming after him thing was sort of a flip of last year or maybe first year where Felicity went away for a weekend getaway and Ben followed her to tell her his feelings and everything. So that was kind of an interesting part to this episode. Mm-hmm. No, I thought, um, I thought that this episode was great. And, uh, I like, like I said, I really, I, I, I really didn't like Ben's behavior throughout most of the episode. Mm-hmm. So that really pissed me off. Uh, but I, for, for for the most part, I did think that this episode was entertaining and fun. Good stuff. Uh, the next one on your list is episode 15 that comes right after this, which is Senioritis, which is written by Jennifer Levin, Josh Reams, John Ellsdrath, directed by Keith Samples. And this is the one where Noel gets offered the job in Seattle and stuff goes from there. Mm-hmm. No, the th- no, the thing that I love about this episode is it has a very um, interesting point of finality to it. By finality, I mean the fact that Noel gets offered this job and has to make this this big 
decision about moving and about starting his life after college mm-hmm. also makes him sort of um, uh, sort of makes him question his feelings about Felicity all over again. Right. And it's just nice seeing the fact that although him and Felicity have been through hell or high water, you know, at this point in the series, it is nice to see that he still does have those quote-unquote romantic feelings for Felicity. And I love the scene where um, Felicity actually convinces him to uh, paper the library and they and they basically destroy the library. Right. Um, which was really fun because in my senior year of high school, somebody offered to do something like that with me and I kind of, I kind of chickened out because I had this um, really squeaky clean image in high school, and I didn't I didn't want to f that up. Mm-hmm. So missing out on something like that uh, uh, really made me um, reminisce about this episode and really like it in uh, in in that manner. And and I I, I do like the fact that. Um, once again, we do see Noel sort of, um, sort of question his um, his role in the series and his future and whether or not he should take a job uh, um, throughout the course of the episode. So I really enjoyed that about this episode a whole lot. Yeah, I think that that Noel struggling with taking the next step is very interesting. And certainly something people can relate to as they get to the end of their college experience. Mm-hmm. No, I, 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 you know, as this, as this series, particularly this season went on, I mean, the first part of the season was strong to me, but the second half really was good, but it was sort of frustrating in a way to, yeah. for, for me to watch because the, um, the, the the way it went down with with Ben having to deal with his father in the early part, and then him having to deal with everything in the other part, mm-hmm. uh, was just really frustrating for me to watch. And I'm not I'm not telling you that I didn't enjoy it because I obviously did, but it it wasn't as fun and 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 relationship bubbly as as season two was. Yeah, I think that that's true, and this is a year where JJ and Matt both still worked on the show periodically, but we're starting to take their step back. So if you look at the episodes here, like JJ wrote, you know, three episodes of season three, and most of them are actually written by Josh Reams and Jennifer Levin. So they sort of took the reins. They wrote like a good half of the series for this year in the commentary for episode one of this year uh it, it's a it's a commentary done by jj and matt mm-hmm. and they mentioned at one point that they didn't <laughs> that that they got into a point uh during the running of the season when they didn't have a clue what to do with ben like like they 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 ran out of gas right so they had they had no clue they had no clue what to do with ben and then I don't know if it was JJ or Matt, but one of them came up with the idea of having Ben's father show up and then having Ben's father be a TV legend, uh, which is great. But one of them got the idea 
to do that storyline with Ben in the process of shooting season three. So right. they wrote like the first half, not having any idea of what they were going to do with Ben. Right. So maybe, maybe that made this uh, year feel a little bit uneven to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know what you have to say about that. Um, yeah, well, I'll talk about it now. I'm going to move on to my final episode is last summer ever, which is the season finale which, like I said, was written by Jennifer Levin and Josh Reams, who wrote most of this season, directed by Tony Bill. And, you know, this was a shorter season of Felicity, partly because the ratings had gone down. So they were told they had to cut the budget, less episodes. That's why Sean shot the documentary for so much of it, to keep costs down. They could use that cheap video footage instead of filming everything on film. So I feel like part of that combined with not really having a clear plan of where we were going to start and where we were going to end, you can feel as you watch these episodes. You know, there's a few hills and valleys, but it doesn't feel like some grand master plan is at play. (laughs) Um, But I think that that's fine for a show like this because even if you as a person had a grand master plan when you start a year of college, by the time that year comes to a close the chances of your plan having been followed from point a to point b are slim to none Mm -hmm. you know so the fact that these characters do some things that really piss me off throughout the course of the season is fine because there are people in your life who you find reliable but then every once in a while they'll do something stupid and that just pisses you off so that made this show feel real but half the time you know, like you said, it just felt like they didn't know what to do with the characters and they made them do something flashy or stupid to get the teen viewers sucked into the drama. The thing that I love about uh, the season finale is the way it starts. Um, you see Noel sort of standing in front of a mirror and then doing a, 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 a tape, yeah, a recording a tape to Felicity and sort of explaining himself and sort of having that final conversation that he wanted to have with Felicity because at this point in the series they had they had, had a fight. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think it was Noel's intention to see Felicity ever again. Right. And so, that's what we're supposed to think is that, you know, it's it's a goodbye forever maybe. Because yeah. Felicity's struggling with the fact that their friendship might be over and Noel's about to move. And I did think it was nice that he's recording her a tape like the good old Sally days. Uh, but Noel, Noel style. But like you said, the the unevenness of the second half of this season, I you know like you said just to just to piggyback on your uh, point, I, I I didn't I didn't particularly enjoy it, and I really like yourself, I really felt it um, this season. Yeah, and there are a few things that were frustrating that also come to fruition in this where. You know, you talked earlier about how Tracy and Elena had had their issues because they had gotten it on and Tracy, you know, was so religious that that was against his code. And then they introduced Kenan Thompson as DeForest as sort of like this other love interest. And in this episode, Elena kicks that guy to the curb and she thinks Tracy's going to break up with her, but then he proposes marriage and she faints. And, you know, I know the old saying, like, you know, if you love someone set them free and if they come back to you they're yours Mm -hmm. which is maybe what elena was subconsciously doing but the fact that her and tracy had some drama in these last few episodes and they introduced keenan 
only to then have them get engaged just felt unnecessary. I don't, I didn't, I didn't particularly like that. Um, the fact that he left basically, mm-hmm. and then he comes back and he proposes, he proposes marriage. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? Right. I'm like, you need to, you need to really like sit down with your God that you love so much and figure out yourself first before you do something like this. Yeah. Because like, it's, you know, it's, it's so phase on scrubs is going to be a hit. You don't need to do this. Right. Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, scrubs is really good. Um, I like, I don't understand again. I don't, I don't mean to harp on, I don't mean to harp on religious people at all. I feel like I'm going to step on toes here, but if you're having a crisis of faith, it's best to deal with that before you go and do something like this. And this, him having to propose to Elena at the end, felt really um, desperate to me. Right. And it just felt so out of left field. And I'm like, really? I don't like that. I don't like you as a character. Just go away now. See, and I almost feel like if they had just, even if they had hooked up and he was doubting that they had, should have done it because of his religion, but if him and Elena's relationship had stayed fine, and they hadn't sort of, you know, broken up and she's seen this other guy and just had them stay together and work through the issues and then get engaged in the finale, it would have been so much better for me. It just felt like they didn't know what to do with Elena and they knew that Donald Faison wasn't going to be available all the time anymore mm-hmm. and they were trying to figure out how to make that work. Mm-hmm. Which is the behind-the-scenes logistics of a TV show. Yeah. Rearing their head, which happens multiple times throughout... Felicity, where you know extenuating circumstances have to be worked into the plot, which mm-hmm. is fine. But uh, and then of course, you know, at, as this season comes to a close, Felicity and Ben are in a better place. They're going to be spending the summer apart. Noel is supposed to be moving to Seattle, but then it ends with Noel not going to Seattle and returning to the apartment where he's going to spend all summer. Hanging out with Felicity. Yeah, and then they do something. So they, you know, this whole season hasn't really been much of the love triangle because even though they have their ups and downs, it's been Felicity and Ben constant. Mm-hmm. Noel and Felicity have only had a few small flirtations, but it hasn't been that longing and that will they, won't they that they did so much in the other seasons. And then they can't let it just end and have everybody have a nice summer. They mm-hmm. throw that monkey wrench in right at the end. Mm-hmm. And I just think that the writers, like, I don't under, I don't, I don't know what JJ's situation was, and I don't know what mass, what mass situation was, but they did say, in the DVD commentary, I think at this episode, they said that um, them leaving the show was one of the hardest things that they had to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm like, dude, you, like, why do you have to leave? This season would have been made at the same time that the writer's room for Alias Season 1 would have been kicked off. Yeah. And they would have been getting that ready, at least for J.J. But, yeah, this season, J.J. and Matt didn't have very much control to do. Because, like I said, J.J.'s only credited on two episodes. Matt directed one. And then their final episode that either of them get a credit on is the Season 4 premiere. So, like, yeah. after that, it's kind of, see you later. See you later. <laughs> see you later, Kelvin. <laughs> but, uh, 
yeah, so this year was kind of wildly uneven, but it's got some highs. Mm -hmm. I really liked that a lot of the character drama that got serious, they handled really well, even if they had some of that sensational stuff with James and the Mm -hmm. shooting and that. Mm -hmm. But the core characters, the the core three, um, all had some good, really good moments. Julie's farewell was a great scene that stuck with this season and sort of echoed throughout. And then... um, you know, reestablishing that there could be a love triangle as we close this season. It's just kind of a bastard thing to do. What was your overall favorite storyline of this season? I don't know. You know, I I like when... I, just, I actually like when Noel and Felicity are trying to do Loser Pet Store, but <laughs> Felicity's not really into it. And she's like, is overstepped. But, you know, she has her art show. Like, I like that her art stuff starts to become a bit more important. Mm-hmm. Um, because for some of this, you know, they've been in school, but the school stuff has been so general. We haven't really seen them preparing for what they're going to do after. Nope. So I like that we see Felicity having her art show, trying to get into an art program and, you know, doing loser pet store to see her successful at this art thing that maybe, you know, she can have a career later, mm-hmm. which was kind of interesting. And then all of the Sean and Richard stuff as they're still making the documentary for IFC is hilarious. And, and Megan and Sean becoming, you know, one of the sweetest couples on the show, even though they fight uh, was a nice unexpected surprise. Like I'd really like their relationship. My favorite thing of this season uh, is going to be, is going to be surprising to most of you because it's going to be my most frustrating thing as well. The my most favorite thing and my most frustrating thing is seeing Ben go through his crap. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was like, that was like, a uh, 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 that was like a crucible for me. I was like, damn it, I hate you, I hate you for doing this. Yeah. But I appreciate the fact that you're doing this, so we, we get this crap out of the way now for the most part. Right. In season four, because season four is going to be something different. And I, uh, I, I really, um, like I said before, last time I'm going to harp on this, I didn't like the unevenness of this season. And uh, my favorite part of the season was watching Ben go through his crap. I didn't like the way he treated Felicity for the most part in this season. Yeah. Uh, but I thought it was okay. Uh, with that being said, my grade for this season, if I had to put a grade on it, I would give it a, a four. How about you, Matt? What would you, what would you give it? If I'm going out of 10, um, I give this season three like a six. Okay. Okay. So I like a lot of it, but there is a lot of stupidity on display. (laughs) And I really, I really can't stand Molly almost at all. Mm. Yeah. I like, like you, you can't stand Molly and I really Kate Avery. I just want to say, just go away. Just, we don't, we don't need you here. Just go away. Especially because, you know, if you were going to have a temptation for Ben, I really think that last year where they had Terry Polo be that girl who, you know, was a bossy girl that he stood up to at Dean and DeLuca, I liked her more than I liked Avery at all during this year. She was cool. She, she was she was very, very cool. I didn't actually realize who she was until you mentioned who she was. And actually, I went to go look her up. I'm like, really? Holy shit, that's the girl. That's Pam. Yeah, <laughs> so um, I think, you know, it would have been nice if they had gotten a character that we actually maybe would have understood why Ben and Noel both found her fascinating when, you know, I certainly didn't. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, with that being said, uh, Matt, you want to bring us home? Sure. So that is the end of season three. Next week, we will be back taking a look at the season four, the final season premiere, The Declaration, written by JJ, directed by Matt Reeves. Uh, if anybody out there in podcast land wants to get a hold of me, the best place to do it is on Twitter at Matt Crandall. If you want to get a hold of Marcelo, Marcelo, tell them where they can reach you. The best place to get a hold of me also is at Twitter. I'm at CreekFanatic88. So thanks for listening. We really appreciate it. And we'll see you next time.